Lovely to be here, and uh, Broome has a, a special place in our heart. We've been coming up here for many years, whether to go fishing or just a holiday, and uh, just having this work here, I think, makes it even more special, and Pastor Peter and Rosemary, and let's just bow our heads, see what the Holy Spirit, we want to do what the Holy Spirit wants to do this morning. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for Broome. Father, it's a part of everything that you're doing in our state. It has such a part to play. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your presence this morning. We thank you for every person here, that you touch their hearts. Father, it be a life-changing morning. Father, that we have a great expectancy in you. We're not looking at a person. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for the worship this morning where you were lifted up, you were glorified. And Father, we just thank you. Oh, we just thank you for your love. Oh, we thank you for your compassion and mercy this morning. We just thank you, Lord's hearts be softened, hearts be changed, hearts be cultivated this morning, that your word can fall into rich soil. We just thank you. You're all knowing. You know what each and every person in here needs. Father, we thank you for miracles and healings. We thank you for much blessing this morning. We just thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, your glory. There's a great grace on this work, and you know what? This is a very apostolic work. What's on this work is on your life. If you're a member or a partner of this church, it's on your life. Take hold of it. It's a spiritual thing. You know, you can look in the natural, but it's spiritual. You know, I gave my heart to Christ when I was number one in the world in tennis. And uh, I had fame, had money, uh, had everything, I thought, but I knew there was something missing in my life. And it's good to see uh, Kevin uh, Munford here this morning and and, uh, you know, I know that souls, and I, I know when I gave my heart to Christ, and it's always been about souls, but uh, I knew there was something far greater than me when I was playing tennis, and I won all that I did, and people say you should have won a lot more, but, but I was my own worst enemy. And that's what we are. It's not other people sometimes, and we can blame the devil, we'll blame others. no. It's us. We frame our own destiny. It's up to us. And God's given us his living word and people try to tear it apart and not take hold of it today. No, he wants it made alive in our mortal flesh. I remember when I was number one and I'd go to church every Sunday uh, throughout the world when I was playing tennis. I was brought up in a Catholic background and uh, I knew about him on Christmas and Easter. But I knew there was something missing in my life. I'd go and sit in the church and I'd think he was up in the tabernacle there and I didn't know about anything that I could have him on the inside of me. And that's really what I want to share with you this morning, how the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. If you were in here this morning in this worship and you didn't feel the presence of God, there's something wrong. You need to know the Holy Spirit. He lives on the inside of us. He wants to take alive this word and make it alive in our mortal flesh, in our circumstances, in our life. And when I was number one and I had an encounter, 
I went, I said, Lord, if you're really out there, I want to know you. And I went to America that year. I'm not going to give my testimony, but just this little part. And uh, we stayed with family and she was always giving me all these books. And I said to Barry, I think she's become a religious nut. And uh, I put them in the rubbish bin, but I kept one about accepting Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. Came back home. It still didn't mean a lot to me. I knew about him. I knew of him. But friends of mine came home, when I came home and she'd been going, one of my friends been going through marriage problems. And I looked at her and I said, something's happened to you. She said, yeah, I went along to a meeting and I gave my heart to Christ. I said, interesting, I just read on that, something on that. I want to come with you. And I went along with this group of, they sort of very spiritual Catholics they were, was in the Catholic Charismatic Renewal. And there was a lot of miracles and healings happening at the time. It was back in the, uh, it was sort of late, 70s it would have been in the middle 70s and uh, I went along and there was some wild Pentecostals came in, they were holding a meeting and this group of Catholics wanted to learn about the gifts and so they went along to this meeting and uh, I thought oh my goodness what's going on and I I looked at at the preacher and his wife and she had long hair all tied at the back no makeup or anything else and but they had something and I I said to my friend I said I don't want to look like that I don't think Barry would like me anymore if I look like that because <laughs> I didn't have any makeup or anything on and uh, but you know there was something there and I was sitting there just like you and I watching everybody and it was like the Holy Spirit just got me up at the end out of my seat I had such an encounter Um, I hit the floor and I started to pray in tongues nobody touched me and I, I just started to have visions and I started to see and you know when I went back on the tennis circuit for about another four or five years I didn't own a Bible I didn't know anything about the Bible But I said to the person, that prayer I said, I said, will you write it on a piece of paper? And, you know, everywhere I went in tennis, people would say, something's happened to you. Something's different. Even the press people would say it. They'd say, we know it. We'll see it in your eyes. And uh, it was interesting. And I said, well, I know when I die I'm going to go to heaven. I said, I know to be absent from the body and be present with the Lord. It was so real to me. And I had this little prayer in my handbag and I used to say to them all, and even the press people, I'd say, here, I'd like to be in heaven with you. I said, we've known one another for so many years because back then the press didn't change like they change today. You had the same press for about 10 years. And, and I said, you say this little prayer after me and we're going to be in heaven together. You mean it in your heart. And I got so many people saved. And you know, I didn't, I didn't know anything about, I knew Jesus healed and I just laid hands on people like that and people got healed. I didn't know anything about the Bible. But all of a sudden I knew the presence of God. I knew that the Holy Spirit had come to live in me. I knew I have to be absent from the body and be present with the Lord. I wished I could say everything was rosy after that. I tell you, 
you go through much through life. But I tell you, I turned 80 this year and I'm, praise God, I'm still here. And I've walked it. Amen. And been through stuff. You know, you go through stuff. I think, I don't know, I could think probably every part of my body somewhere, something at some time, there's been something and I went through cancer 20 years ago and I've went through something else. And you know, I'm not on medication or have any aches in my body because the word works. The word is always working. No matter what the circumstances, you have the victory. So you keep on and you keep in, but you have the Holy Spirit within you. And I call this... You frame your destiny. No matter where you are, you can be in Broome, be Perth, you can be in America, wherever, the same word works. And I just want to share some little things because I think, you know, there's many things stop us sometimes from receiving healing. And uh, it's so important to know that the Godhead, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit lives within us. And I just wrote some things down and I believe the Holy Spirit wants to reveal Jesus to us. Jesus said, you have seen me, you've seen the Father. See, the Holy Spirit always directs to Jesus. Jesus always directs to the Father. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus is love. If any message we need today is the Father's love, to know his love. I want us to go to 1 John 4, 9 and 10. If you want to read my testimony, you'll have to get my autobiography or one of the books because uh, there is a testimony there and some of it's in healing. It's all about my life as I've walked it and I've been walking in this now for, what, 35, 40 years. And I tell you, if I hadn't gone to Bible school back in 82 and 83, I probably wouldn't be here. I would have been home with the Lord or in a home somewhere. And I had a great husband and I had four little children under eight. But the word of God, I just want to say to you, you and I'll pass away, but God's word doesn't pass away. And that's why if you're battling in your mind, I could go in many directions this morning. I'm really sensing that. But you need to renew your mind. As a man thinketh, so is he. He said, a man whose mind has stayed on the word is in perfect peace. So we train that area of our mind. And I want us to go to 1 John 4, the epistle of John, not the gospel of John. And then when you come and hear Pastor Peter, uh, I tell you, you've got an awesome teacher. He used to be the dean of our Bible school way back many years ago. Been out pastoring around the nation since. But you've got a wonderful teacher Uh, a person who's very pastoral with it and also that apostolic is on his life also so don't underestimate what you have in your own platform here and uh, I want us to go to 9 and 10 in this the love of God verse uh, 1 John 4 9 and 10 in this the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a preparation of our uh, sins. In the Amplified, it says that uh, he be a, a atoning sacrifice for our sins. How much he loves us and gave his life for us. If you were the only person in the world, how much 
he loves you. If you can just, I used to say, because I didn't have the father's love. Uh, I came from a background of where we came from a small country town, brought up, lived across the road from 24 grass courts and uh, alcohol in the home. My mum used to have to ride. My dad worked at a factory and she'd have to ride to the factory. We didn't own a car, our house. We had nothing. I look and I think, how did I ever go? I'll get to do what I, I did from my background. That's why it doesn't matter what background you come from or where, if you determine in your heart to succeed. Uh, and, you know, as a good athlete, didn't like school. And you determine in your heart to succeed, you can't. And, uh, you know, my mum would ride and pick up the pay packet because my dad would go to the pub and spend it on the horses. And uh, so we, the pay packet wouldn't be there if she didn't do that. And, and so my escape to the outdoors because of our home and our home life was across onto the tennis courts. And I, I used to hit up on a wall with a paling off a fence and a friend of the family saw there was something there and had this old racket at home and gave it to me. And, uh, but I was very blessed because there was people around me where I never saw the love of the father in the home. He tried to show love, but he was one of seven, but he never had that love. So he didn't know how to show it. I didn't, I never had that words of the kindness towards mum. And, you know, I was one of four children. I was the youngest. But I never, never saw that. In his little ways, when you look back, he did. He would take me fishing on the, you know, I'd sit on the handlebars of the bike and we'd go fishing. In little ways, he showed it, but he didn't know how to show it in words. That's why words are powerful. Words are a creative force. Your, your life and your faith will be no higher than your mouth. And, uh, you know, I, I learned as I read the Bible a lot of things that from my sporting days uh, were such good things in my life. But I was very fortunate to have a tennis coach. He and his wife had a wonderful marriage and uh, they didn't have any children and they took me under their wing. And he believed in me. He saw something in me. And that's why it's so important to have good people around you. Don't get around people that pull down or tear down. You know, as you learn and you grow in the word of God, find the friends that are edifying, encouraging, and uplifting, because that's what God's word is. God's word doesn't put down. Yes, God's word corrects. Love corrects. But it's how we do it. It's important. God is love. God, love heals. Love forgives. Love forgets. Our Heavenly Father is not out to get you. He loves you with an uncompromising love. Who he is to us is exactly who we will be, who he will be through us. That's how what, what's coming in, what you're putting into your life is what will flow out of you. That's how important it is. If we believe he's putting sickness on us, to teach us something, you will fear him. You won't get healed. That's why you come here. Don't stop from God. I mean, I, I learned that in my past, from my background, that our God's put sickness or he's teaching. No, he, he doesn't. He loves you. Do you think somebody that loves you is going to hit you over the head with a cricket bat 
or they're going to do something. No, he loves you. He so loved, he gave only begotten son. Jesus went about healing all who were oppressed to the devil. Healing all. Sickness doesn't come from God. We have to get that, and I'm sure Pastor Peter's put that into you. It's from the devil. Oppressed means hardship, taking advantage of, mistreat. Each of us is responsible for our own hearts. That's why we keep our heart. We're not talking about natural heart. We're talking about our spiritual, our human spirit. We are spirit, soul, and body. And that's why our human spirit, the Holy Spirit lives in your human spirit. And I always say he's like the artist. Your tongue is the brush. The word of God is the oil. God is waiting for you to take hold of the word of God and start to paint the picture. The Holy Spirit will start painting it on the inside of you. But your tongue, as you dip it into the oil of the word, will paint that picture in your heart. You may have not a loving father, and it's so important to know that God is love. And I always think, you know, my my dad, he lived till he was 96, and he used to come over and stay with us here, and we'd come, and I'd say to him, where do you think you're going when you die? Under the ground like everybody else? And one year, I just kept praying, Ephesians 1.17, if you've got unloved one, uh, you know, people around you, just take hold of that, write it down and put their name in there. I used to pray that over him. And one time he came over and I said, where do you think you're going when, the, when you die? He said, I'm not sure, Mark. I said, I think we better make sure. He said, yeah, that's right. So before he went, he gave his heart to Christ. But God wants people all around us. All our, You might have family there you may not even talk to. Don't hold anything. Don't let anything be there. Amen? People watch us as Christians. His love is shed abroad in our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Just meditate the Christ within. His love is shed abroad. Speak like that to yourself. Speak it over you. Your tongue is a brush. It's, a, it's painting that picture. You mightn't feel like it. it's got nothing to do with feelings. You may not feel like loving one another. Sometimes you might feel like punching somebody in the nose. We all, we all go through that, you know, but we don't live by our feelings. But we live by the love of God that's shed abroad in our heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. God's love, God's nature isn't in us. The healer lives within us. We're already healed by grace through faith. Everything's been done at the cross. Everything's been fulfilled at the cross for us to walk in the fulfillment of it, to fulfill his will in the earth. You know, every one of you, I say to our people, and I say, you should all come with a pen and paper. How many of you have got it all together in here? I saw I said, man, one man put up his hand with a pen and paper. You know, when I have a speaker, I still get out pen and paper because I know that I have an expectancy. God's going to say something and I believe he's going to speak through that person to me. God wants to do that. God uses the fivefold giftings to speak to us, to the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist. 
and he wants to touch your heart. And if you take a piece of paper and there's a scripture that comes, I need that. Well, you go and meditate and you learn it off. Because that's how you'll get all your, rid of your worries, your cares, your stress, your frets, fretting, your anxiousness. You'll get rid of all that. You'll start to see the word of God will become alive in you. You'll start to speak differently. You'll start to speak creatively. You'll start to speak positively. As Pastor Peter said, you know, we own that whole street down there. Me as a woman, being a tennis player, I never passed it in my life. I went through Bible school. God gave me a vision. I didn't want to be a pastor. It's the last thing I wanted to be. Because you know why? I used to stay with pastors and I saw what the messes they went through. And I finished up ministering to them. It's not easy. You get everybody's problems. You get all their heartaches. You get everything. You get people pointing the finger. Can you imagine what's come at me? Me standing up and being vocal and for marriage and all other things. People either hate me or love me. And you know what? I had that in tennis too. So I know my training and my background with tennis was wonderful for ministry. But you know, because I was committed, I was focused. And I was focused on things and God could take that and use that for him. But he said, you will own this whole street. And I looked at it and I think, own this whole street? No way. And it's not about money. It's about being obedient to the Holy Spirit. It's being loving people and helping people and and looking after people. And we put out 110 tonnes of food a week into community now. The Lord said, you bless community and I'll bless you. And I've just seen the grace of God upon our work and what he's done in and through it. And now we we have the World Prayer Assembly coming to Australia this next year in October and it's coming to Perth. I didn't ask for it. God told me it's to build a prayer tower 21 years ago. And then I went to a meeting and a prophet, Cindy Jacobs, she didn't know who I was. I was sitting in the front row and she I saw her say to somebody, who's that person down there? She went over and she said, and you will have that prayer tower. Because I'd said it just a week before to my best friend and a prayer warrior. Our church came in on prayer. It started in a home group in prayer. And, I, and she said that 21 years ago. I didn't lose that. See, God's spoken many things to some of you. Don't ever lose that vision or the goals or the things that he's spoken to you. Don't don't let them fade. I used to say every now, we'll have that prayer tower. And it was only about three years ago that started to stir again and we have that prayer tower. And I praise God for it. And I guess the World Prayer Assembly, Indonesia, said it needs to be in Perth. Korea said it needs to be in Perth. I said, and I had all the prayer... Uh, teams or prayer intercessory people all across the nation on a Zoom and I said we don't want it in Perth unless you're all in unity and you believe Perth is the place and they came back and they said yes we believe it's to be here in Perth in Western Australia. Western Australia is a lighthouse state 
He said, Lord, it's always shown me that. You need to pray for it. You might see the world's getting darker, but the church is getting lighter. Our part is to win souls, to pray for the lost, to bring people into the kingdom. It's not about you and me. Every one of you here is an able minister of the New Testament. You're called to go witness. You're called to share the gospel about Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing more exciting than bringing somebody into the kingdom. Be wonderful to see this place absolutely full and you have to knock the back wall out and make it bigger. Everybody, if you're a member of this church, you should want that. And there's a good, strong group of people here. I can sense that and see that. And God wants you to do that. People watch us. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Just meditate. Christ within, his love is shed abroad in your heart. Just take that today. Father, I thank you. If you don't feel loved, he'll start to love on you. You start to say it. He sees us valuable, precious. He sees us with an everlasting love, an uncompromising love. Let him paint that picture of that in your heart. That took me years to do that because I didn't come from a background of that. I had a husband, married a man that, I mean, we both went saved when we got married. I didn't know how to say those words, love. But he came from a, a family and every day, even from the time, he's always told me every day he loves me. He'll pick pick up the phone and say, I love you. And the, then I hear the children, our eldest now is 50. I hear him telling everybody else he loves them. And my daughter's t- saying to one another, they love one another. They're powerful words. They'll touch hearts. God loves us in, us in and through all our mistakes. How you see yourself is what you will call yourself. It will become your identity. You need to write that down, some of you. If you're fearful, you'll be framing a destiny of fear. And we've had a lot of that with COVID that's still around. God's people shouldn't be fearful. Amen. It will become your identity. I had a lot of fear in my own life. And even what I did in sport and you know, fame and that, I had to believe in myself. Other people believed in me, my trainers, my gym. I had wonderful people who brought me through. When I first went to Melbourne at the age of 15, I didn't know how to speak properly. I didn't know how to hold a knife and fork properly. I had to have people that taught me. They saw something in me. See something in others, help others. It's not all about us. When we help others, that's where the blessing comes from. And they, they saw that in me and they believed in me. And when I played and I was out there, I'd hear these voices saying, you've put the training in, you're the best, you've done the work. And I would tell myself that. See, what you tell yourself is what you'll become. Life and death are in the power of the tongue and you eat the fruit of it. Do you think all that street happened and and people, us, pleading for people for finance? No, it didn't. God's grace is always beyond it. He'll open a door. He'll just somehow, somebody will come, something will happen, something happens. And that's what happens in your life when you start to, just like that little girl at the age of 13, somebody said you could be the first Australian woman to win Wimbledon. 
Somebody planted that seed. And people would say, what do you want to do with your tennis? I want to be the first Australian woman to win Wimbledon. If you looked at my life, there's no way possible. So don't put yourself in a box. If you know you've got gifting, you've got something there in your life, you know that deep down in your heart, you haven't fulfilled it, God will still take it. He will manifest it in some way. God, but you promised. You open those doors for me. And I'm just, keep a thankful heart, a grateful heart. Keep your heart soft. It's so important. If you're fearful, you will be framing a destiny of fear. Fear and stress will kill you. We are to be anxious for nothing. Philippians 4, 6, if you're there, you need to write. Some of you need to write that down. But I want us to go and just a couple more scriptures. What time am I supposed to finish? Around 11-ish, okay. Romans 8, I want us to go to Romans 8, 15. Just I want to hit here so you can just sort of... Romans 8. And this is an area we have to deal with because I had to deal with fear so much in my life. Romans, I mean, Romans 5, 8, 15. For for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. He is our Abba, Father. He hasn't given you a spirit of fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. That's why guard guard your love walk. Knowing God's love is in you, his nature is in you. Love will deal with fear. It has no place in your life. We have been adopted into his family. All that he has is ours and all that we have is his. We're just passing through here. We can't take anything with us. I remember not long ago I was going through something and I was thinking about how big he is, how he made the sky and the trees and how he, in the beginning, if you want to read the faith chapters, read Genesis chapter 1 and 2, how he created the world. And that's how we create our world, exactly the same way. Because the Holy Spirit hovered as God spoke and he created. Guess what? As we speak, the Holy Spirit, he's in us. He's waiting to take our words to perform them, to make them alive in our mortal flesh and our circumstances. We've even got the angels doing that. And uh, I was just thinking on it, and he says, as he said to Moses, go tell them, I am. And he, I just up out of my spirit. I love it the way God speaks to us sometimes because it's just different somehow. And uh, he just said, I am has healed. I am has healed. How did it go? It's, it's, I did write it down here. He says, I am says, that I am healed, so I am. I thought three I ams. I am says I am healed, so I am. That's what Jesus did for us. Think about it. He is the great I am. He lives within us. We're made in his image, as he is so we in this world. He made you valuable and precious. 
You're a co-heir with Christ. Think on those things. And I tell you, you start to know your righteousness. That's a whole other message. But we're seated by grace through faith with him. He says, you're not, you're not looking up. We're looking down. Everything's already been given. Or everything's been paid for. He's already given it. And you say, well, I don't feel like it and I don't know it because I can look by some of your faces. But you take hold of it. He'll make it. A, he'll make it. He said, how often some of you are, are older ones, let it be here on earth as it is in heaven. He wants us to know him here. He wants us to know his presence. This group of people can take broom for Jesus. Amen. That's how powerful we are. That's what God's given to us. If the earth is a mess, guess who's let it be a mess? The church. It's as simple as that. And there in 16 and 17. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if you, if, if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. We go through, he's not talking about sickness. He's talking about persecution. If you've been persecuted for the Lord, you will understand that. If you're not being persecuted, you're not doing much. Amen. Gone very quiet in here. Amen. He wants us to walk in the sonship of his love. In Romans 8.26, we'll finish with that because this will help you tremendously. Romans 8.26, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our weaknesses. In another one it says, helpeth our infirmities. For we do know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself maketh intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows the minds of the Spirit, is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. He makes intercessions through you. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you. We're right, if you don't know it, you're right at the the right hand of Jesus. And I was praying one day and I said, you're making intercession for us. And he said, who are you making intercessions for? Because by faith, that's where we're seated, by grace through faith. He wants us to know the unseen realm is far greater than the seen realm. We call things be not as though they are. We bring them from the unseen into the seen. If you can see it, you don't need faith. Faith is in the unseen realm. That's why your mouth is so important. That's why your mouth becomes a brush. The Holy Spirit is the artist. And that's why the word of God is the oil. And he'll paint that picture for you, whether it's in your business whether it's your home, your marriage, whatever it is. Your children watch you. They listen to you. They copy you. You speak the goodness of God over them. You speak the answer over them, not what you're seeing. We know we have to correct, correct. Love corrects, but the word of God can also take hold of the word of God. It's a love book. And perfect love casts out all fear. And Father, I just thank you. I could go on and on this morning. We just thank you, Father. 
We thank you, Holy Spirit. We just thank you for your word. Father, you and your word are one. We and our words are one. We just thank you for your living word. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, we just thank you, Father. We just thank you for your glory. We thank you that you touch your people here this morning. Father, I just thank you. Oh, we thank you, Father. Oh, Jesus, we thank you, the Lord of minds, our body and our spirit. Father, we just thank you for your mercy here this morning, your compassion here this morning. We just thank you, you're all knowing here this morning. You're the miracle worker. We just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Horama ya Shema Yaba. Ho Thank you, Lord. <laughs> 